As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. We will begin all roll call votes today with our members virtually. Make sure that your videos are up so that we can uh, make sure that you are physically present at your computer. And a reminder, as the chief clerk calls your name, that you need to unmute your computer so that we can hear you. Ellen. Aye. Ellen, aye. Anderson. Aye. Anderson, aye. Billings. Billings. Aye. Billings, aye. Bowen. Clerk will close the roll. There are 97 ayes, two noes. The bill is passed. For the first time in Wisconsin's 172-year history, state lawmakers voted from home, passing a major piece of legislation. What does this COVID-19 bill do for you? And what took so long? From the Fox 6 Studios, this is Open Record. I'm Brian Polson here with my colleague, Amanda St. Hilaire. Good morning, Amanda. Good morning, Brian. So we're bringing you new episodes of Open Record each day, Monday through Friday, as we have been now for weeks, to make it easier to sort through all this bombardment of coronavirus news and a big one yesterday. We are recording on Wednesday morning, April 15th, and today we're talking about legislation that affects your unemployment benefits, school testing, first responders, health insurance. There's strong bipartisan support, but there is also a bit of controversy. And we have Fox 6 political reporter Jason Calvi on the phone to walk us through everything we need to know. And Jason, there's an awful lot. How are you, Jason? Hey, good morning, Amanda and Brian. Thanks so much for having me on. So what are the highlights of this big piece of legislation? Well, there's there's a lot of uh, highlights. One of the main things that people have been asking about is unemployment insurance. Right now, the, the state of Wisconsin has a one-week waiting period from the time that you apply for uninsurance to the time you can actually receive it. And so the governor had been calling for the waiving of this one-week waiting period, and that is part of this bill. That is going to waive the one-week waiting period to receive unemployment benefits. And I've seen on Facebook many people, when I talked about this topic of the state legislature moving forward with the bill uh, this week, people, the number one question I got was this un- the unemployment waiting period. So that's part of this bill and it tackles a whole bunch of other issues, including uh, education. So for example, it waives the requirements for state standardized testing for, for students across the state. Of course, they can't be in their chairs in the school with their number two pencils and their scantrons. They can't be there to take these standardized tests. So that, that those are sorts of things that are in this bill to, to, uh, to deal with current state requirements and laws and, and to kind of deal with that in the midst of this coronavirus pandemic. And Jason, my understanding is that a big part of this bill was to be able to get the federal money. As a lot of you may know, there's a federal bill that allows for expanded unemployment benefits, including an additional $600 a week. But a lot of people don't realize that the state actually has to enter into an agreement with the federal government to get that, right? 
Right. There's a, there's a lot that the, that, the, that the federal stimulus packages, now there was three passed so far, and the most recent was that $2.2 trillion stimulus package called the CARES Act. But uh, and part of that is the state needs to morph some of the state laws to comply with the federal requirements in order to receive some of the Medicaid money. So we're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars the state of Wisconsin will receive if they are able to change their some of their state laws and state requirements. And that needs to be done by Friday to unlock some of this Medicaid money. So there really is a pressing deadline for the legislature to pass this bill. It was passed through the assembly yesterday, likely in the state Senate today, and then it will go to the governor's uh, desk for his signature. But they need to get this done by Friday to unlock a lot of this Medicaid, hundreds of millions of dollars in Medicaid funding. So that's why there's such a pressing need to pass this bill. This If I understand correctly, Jason, this is really the first thing that the Wisconsin legislature has done in terms of a direct response to the COVID-19 pandemic. What took so long? Yes, this was the first session of the legislature since the pandemic erupted in the state of Wisconsin. And Governor Evers originally was proposing one of the biggest proposals in the whole country. His, His original proposal to deal with the pandemic was topping out at over a billion dollars. That would have placed it Uh, behind California, but above many of the other states that have passed relief bills. Uh, There's been a lot of back and forth between the GOP leadership of the legislature and the governor. GOP leaders had been saying, hey, we want to wait and see. We want to see how the federal stimulus money impacts the state. We want to see what requirements are in that bill so that when the state of Wisconsin acts, it will be following and flowing from the federal response. So that's what the GOP leaders had been saying, but of course, Governor Evers had been calling for the legislature to come back into session for weeks now. It really has been weeks of of waiting, and we've been talking about uh, possibly a virtual session since March uh, where the lawmakers could meet remotely, which is what we saw yesterday. A majority of the, the members of the assembly yesterday cast their votes over Skype. It was actually quite interesting to see it all play out as, as the members were wrestling with the technology, even some of the millennial members uh, struggling at some points with the technology to cast their votes. But all in all, it went through without a hitch yesterday. The votes were cast and it overwhelmingly passed 97 to 2 in the state assembly yesterday. Well, and to be clear, state lawmakers I guess they were they technically in session before because they gaveled in, they gaveled out. The governor had called them in to deal with the election issue, and they said, yeah, we're not going to touch that. Yeah, so that was the special sessions. You're right. Governor Evers did call the special session to deal with the election, which the GOP leadership did not actually, they didn't bring up any bills. They didn't have any debate. They gaveled in and, and immediately adjourned. So you are right. They did get gaveled in for a very brief few minutes for these uh, for a special session on the elections. But in substance, this was the first time the lawmakers have actually come together to debate. And and there wasn't much debate yesterday. It was actually a a kumbaya moment for Republicans and Democrats in the state assembly where, uh, you know, a lot of the the two people that spoke were the two leaders and Democrat and Republican leaders. And uh, it was you know, really, they, they, their message to the people was, we're here for you. We want to see action. This isn't a perfect bill, but we, but we want to see action to help uh, Wisconsinites deal with this pandemic. 
Obviously, this was extraordinary just because of the historic nature of what they were voting on, but also because of the fact that it was this vote from home, this virtual session. You mentioned they use Skype, and Amanda and I were actually chatting about this before we started recording. This may not be the most important question, but I'm still curious. Why do they use Skype? We're hearing everybody. It was Is there concern about the security of something like Zoom? It seemed like maybe that added to some of the challenges people were having with the technology. Yeah, I don't I don't know particularly I didn't get a chance to ask any of the leaders about why they chose Skype over Zoom. We did see in Milwaukee on Sunday, the Milwaukee Election Commission had a meeting over Zoom and it's a public meeting, as you know. So they did have to put that link out into the public. And so some people had accessed that link and then actually had interrupted the meeting with some very uh very troubling images of ISIS and, and uh, some racist language, as well as uh, some pornography, even uh, interrupting this this public meeting of the of the Milwaukee Election Commission on Sunday. Uh, that was over Zoom. And then we saw the, that commission move to a Monday meeting and they used a different format. Uh, so I'm, in, I'm not exactly sure why the state used Skype over Zoom, over Google Hangout or any of the other options for uh, for digital conferencing. So you don't know you don't know if the Milwaukee meeting had an impact on what they chose. Yeah, I'm not I'm not exactly sure on on how how Skype was worked out, but I do know that they had been working on this for for weeks uh, trying to get the technology they had urged. I know I saw a letter from the Senate leadership urging uh, senators to bring home their their work computers and that the staff of the Capitol would be working with each member to make sure the technology was up and running so that they could have a possible uh, virtual session. This was weeks ago. And of course, yes, now we're going to see a virtual session in the Senate today, Wednesday. Jason, you mentioned this was a kumbaya moment. The vote was 97 to 2, support from both parties. But I want to talk about those two. Who voted against this and what were their issues with the bill? Yeah, the two no votes were both actually from Milwaukee. Jonathan Brostoff and Marissa Bell Cabrera were both the two no votes. And uh, they, they, they said that this bill didn't go far enough. Uh, uh, Brostoff said it was a uh, little more than scraps for Wisconsin residents who are really struck by the pandemic. Um, they said Republicans had been dragging their feet for weeks. Uh, people needed this help weeks ago. Where were they? Um, there was questions about uh, need, you know, funding for, for health care workers on the front lines. Uh, there was talk about uh, th- th- this bill didn't have help for mortgage, uh, you know, people struggling with their mortgage payments and rent payments. There was questions about... Uh, uh, you know, just child care help and providers. And that that's, uh, you know, there's just a whole bunch of questions they said should have been brought up in this bill and and uh, and, and they weren't. So those those were why those two representatives representing in Milwaukee uh, voted no on this bill yesterday. There's a lot that made it into this bill. There were some attempts to get other things in that maybe didn't make it there. Can you talk about some of the things that lawmakers tried to get in this bill that didn't make the cut? Right. So the Democrats in the assembly yesterday introduced several amendments, several proposed changes to the Republican drafted bill, and uh, all of them were struck down uh, or, or all of them were rejected by the Republicans in the, the assembly yesterday. One of those would have been uh, child care costs. It would have helped uh, reimburse child care costs for essential workers. It would have uh, provided hazard pay for child care providers. Um, it would have said, hey, there's no copay for any COVID-19 treatments or testing under this this bill that passed the assembly, there won't be copay for um, 
for COVID-19 tests, but but the Democrats said it should go farther than that to say no copay for any COVID-19 treatments, uh, drugs, vaccines, etc. Uh, Democrats wanted to pump five million more dollars into the state uh, tourism for marketing to to market people to come to Wisconsin. There was other proposals as well in there, including the elections. Uh, this has been something Democrats have been pushing for weeks now. They've wanted to move the Wisconsin elections to just a mail only system where clerks mail absentee ballots to all registered voters um, and that, you know, to get rid of the witness signature in the midst of this pandemic and, and things like that, that they wanted to kind of simplify the the voting system in, in light of the pandemic. And, and Republicans rejected all of these Democratic proposals, including that one dealing with uh, the elections. And of course, we have another election coming up just in less than a month now in May in the 7th Congressional District up in the northern part of the state. That's uh, represent or former Representative Sean Duffy's old seat as he's resigned that position. And there'll be a special election for that congressional seat in just under a month. And so there's definitely movement to try to make that a male only vote so that people aren't having to come to the polls in May to vote in the 7th Congressional District. I want to go back to some of those provisions for first responders and healthcare workers. Uh, I was going through Twitter and I saw some tweets from union representatives for firefighters and police officers who seemed pretty mad about a last minute change that essentially makes it so that you could be in a position in which if you contract COVID-19 on the job, you have to prove that you did that on the job in order to get compensation. And as we've covered and as we've discussed, at least with healthcare workers, that can be really hard to prove because of the shortage of testing. And these union representatives were basically saying this bill is not helping first responders in the way it should be helping them. What have you heard about that specific provision? Because it was kind of a last minute change there. Yeah, it was a last minute change. And, and so you saw, you had mentioned the tweets, for example, the uh, the president of the Professional Firefighters of Wisconsin, he said that this bill that passed the assembly yesterday will provide not much help for first responders. And he actually said it will provide zero help to first responders so there there was there they were upset with with these with these change last minute changes as as you mentioned uh what 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 was at stake here is uh there was under the workmen workers compensation for first responders the original draft of the bill said that if somebody contracts covid-19 it's presumed that uh this was contracted through their work so you know, if a, if a firefighter were to have COVID-19, it's presumed that this came from their work and not from going to the grocery store outside of work hours, et cetera, et cetera. And so the Speaker Voss, he had uh, made a, a last minute change, a last minute amendment to the bill that narrowed that scope that would, again, as you say, reference the needing to, to kind of verify uh, that this was uh, work related and and to to do that so that's why the firefighters president there was was very upset and and you saw others as well saying that this was this was not needed uh, and should not have gone forward that they should have just had the original language in there to to provide uh, help to our first responders firefighters and police 
Jason, whenever you talk about spending large amounts of money or, or major proposals like this, uh, especially in, in light of our sort of current political environment, there are going to be differences. There are going to be factions that want different things. And we saw some of that in the debate here. But in the end, you end up with what you referred to as the sort of kumbaya moment, an overwhelmingly uh, uh, supported uh, piece of legislation, 97 to 2. Is, is Was this a situation of just there was no choice, they had to get this done, so everybody's going to jump on board? Is it politically difficult to be one of those who opposes something like this when really the message is, this is here because we care about you? What, what sort of results in a time of such divisiveness in something so extraordinarily uniform in terms of the support for this legislation? Yeah, I think I think just just the setting of this pandemic rocking the entire state and, and, and having that really that deadline pressure of Friday needing to to get the state law to comply with some of the federal requirements for some of this Medicaid stimulus money to come into the state. By Friday, we're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars at stake. So you really think there, there, was, there was pressure on all the lawmakers to get this done this week by Friday to get it to the governor's desk and signed into law by Friday. So you think that that's one of the key issues to see that there are things in here that, every, you know, that a lot of lawmakers can't appreciate. Even the ones that voted no said there was a lot there, there were things in the bill that were good, but just their conscience, they couldn't support it because of the issues that we that we brought up earlier. But I think because of the unprecedented situation of this pandemic, you know, lawmakers were were able to come together and to agree to things maybe they they wouldn't have voted for in the past. Like this bill does. Uh, you guys were mentioning before we recorded the CNA requirements, the the uh, the nurse assistant requirements. It kind of redu- it reduces the training hours needed for for CNAs, and that was something that uh, passed through the legislature in the past and Governor Evers had vetoed it. Well, those those cut uh, requirements are now back into this bill that the assembly passed yesterday. And that was something that you saw those two Milwaukee representatives complaining about. They said that, you know, that this was in there. You saw the a uh, the unions also complaining that this was that these um, shortened requirements for CNAs was also in this bill. So you saw that happening. But at the end of the day, 97 lawmakers said they they would support this. They did vote yes yesterday over that roll call vote, which was so fascinating because it was it, it took uh, over eight minutes to cast their votes over Skype. And, and you saw most of those uh, representatives casting their votes over Skype from their homes. You saw uh, Representative uh, David Crowley uh, at one point. His his son, his uh, little child, his little baby was in the shot with him while while he was on camera uh, Skype skyping from home. He's the the future uh, county exec, the county exec uh, for Milwaukee elect. Uh, so you saw things like that uh, over Skype, which you, you never normally see uh, uh, in the chamber of the assembly when they're voting. So as we speak, the bills in the Senate. As you mentioned, there are only a few more days to get this into law in order to get the federal aid. How fast are we likely to see this move and how likely is this to become law? It sounds pretty likely. I think it's very likely, given the fact that the assembly vote yesterday was so overwhelmingly strong, you know, 97 to 2, I think that really sets up a situation where, where the governor will be signing it. Um, as of Monday, he said he was, he was looking at the bill. He wanted, to, he wanted to study it before committing to, to signing or vetoing it. But again, if he did veto it, it would mean potentially that 
the the legislature would need to come back into session uh, really quickly to pass another bill on Friday. But but of course, I, I feel it's very likely he will sign this, given the strong Democratic and Republican support yesterday in the assembly. And we'll see how it fares today in the state Senate. They're going to be gaveling in at 11 o'clock for their extraordinary session today. And of course, as as we know, we record these things in the morning. It's you know nine o'clock on on Wednesday morning, April fifteenth. So by the time some people listen to this, some of this action may have already happened. Exactly. So stay tuned to our Facebook and Twitter pages. We'll update the what happens there. All right. Thank you, Jason. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, Amanda and Brian. Thank you. And we're going to continue to bring you more frequent episodes of Open Record as we have been and as we cover this COVID nineteen pandemic. As we always say, if there's a topic you want us to discuss, we're listening. An issue you think we should investigate, let us know. Send us an email at theinvestigators at fox6now.com. That's T-H-E investigators at fox6now.com. Thank you, Jason, and thank you to the people who also helped make this podcast possible. Producer Pete, Dave Machuda, Suzanne Barthel, and Sarah Smith. Please subscribe to Open Record if you haven't already. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. I'm Amanda St. Hilaire, and for Brian Polson, we will be back tomorrow. Tomorrow.